Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Hi guys, welcome back to the 10th episode of Believe in Nuggets. Uh, I am your host, Asher Levy, joined by my lovely co-host as always, Gage Bridgeford. And today we are going to be doing our first mailbag episode of uh, this podcast existence. I sent out a tweet on Twitter um, if you want to participate in these in the future, whenever we do do them. Uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, follow Gage on Twitter, one of us will tweet out you know, hey, send us questions for this mailbag, and you can either uh, respond to us or DM us uh, questions that you may have, and we will see if we can get to them on the podcast. But today, specifically, we are doing draft-related questions for this mailbag, and before we get into all that, uh, as always, Gage, how you doing today, man? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back uh, talking Nuggets again, uh, getting to talk a little bit more draft stuff because as the as the draft is getting closer and now the NBA season is officially over, I've started to pay a little bit more attention to the draft. So now I will be able to contribute some. Still definitely get a default to you because you are, you're way more into the draft this year than I am. But uh, I've actually started to pay attention a little bit more to these prospects as uh, more and more of them are coming to workouts versus, both with Denver as well as with other teams around the league. Yeah, and uh, with that, we we do have some brief Nuggets news to touch on, uh, and that is that Jamichael Green uh, uh, last week was traded along with a 2027 protected first round pick. We don't exactly know the protections on it quite yet, but um, a protected 2027 first round pick and Jamichael Green were traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for pick number 30 in this year's draft and two future seconds. This uh, trade created a Eight point four million uh, dollar trade exception, I, I believe. Uh, if I'm getting the numbers wrong on that, uh, sorry, but I believe that is what was created. With that, it also gives the Nuggets a second first round pick to mess around with on trade night or on draft night, and uh, yeah, it gives them just a bit more, a few more future assets uh, in the in the second dr- round draft pick trade chest, and also cuts some salary from uh, Jermichael Green, who was not the best player for the Nuggets this past season, um, and was being paid probably more than uh, he was worth to the Nuggets. Uh, I hope he is able to, you know, get back to being a very valuable player in OKC like they've done in the past, Uh, but for the Nuggets, this trade makes a lot of sense. You're cutting off uh, some salary for a protected future first, and in return you get uh, pick number 30, which you can mess around with on draft night, whether that be trading for a player, trading up, picking two uh, players on draft night. Either way, you get more flexibility going into this offseason, which is a um, more important offseason than the 2027 uh, offseason, at least right now. Uh, what are your thoughts, just briefly, on the Jermichael Green trade? 
Uh, well, uh, really quick, I did look it up. It will be an $8.2 million trade exception. That was the amount of money going out and no uh, cap money was coming in. So 8.2 was the exact number on that. And I mean, I think that Denver got the better end of the deal here. I mean, they got some cap flexibility, which they need because they do have a kind of expensive roster. They got, they moved on from a player who I didn't think was going to be a key figure for them next year. I felt between he and Jeff Green, uh, between Jeff being cheaper, I understand that Jeff is older, but Jeff uh, is cheaper. I felt that he was the better player this past year. And you also have Michael Porter Jr. coming back along with uh, Zeke Naji, who will be going into a year that'll be critical for his um, future and development with the team. I felt that Jamichael was going to end up being the odd man out. So I think that Denver getting picks and uh, getting multiple picks, getting cap space for that is ultimately the better end of the deal here and wish Jim Michael nothing but the best. He always played hard. Uh, he did come on near the end of the season, but he just, I felt like he was still going to be the guy that ended up riding the bench most nights uh, by the time next season started. And then that likely would have resulted in him requesting a buyout or um asking to be traded at some point next year. So this gives them a chance to go to OKC and either get bought out there or get traded to another team or just kind of rehab some of his uh, image for the next year. And that's not to say that he has a bad one. That's just try and build himself some value uh, as he try. he'll be a free agent next off season and hopefully be able to hit at least one more decent contract for him before he heads off into retirement, presumably after that. Yeah, I think that, sums up you know everything with the J. mike news um and then one other thing is that uh, jeff green picked up his uh, player option so jeff green will uh, be at least on the nuggets books unless he is traded this offseason that, that is a possibility but for the time being jeff green will uh, be on the roster uh, at a uh, four point something million dollar figure uh, i believe it was close to five mil i think it was like 4.5 uh, to five mil somewhere in that zone he will be returning for uh, uh, 4.5 is the exact number just to and he's got 500k and unlikely incentives but 4.5 is the base salary for next year so that will be uh the jeff green news of this podcast as well um now to get into this mailbag so specifically, I asked for draft-related questions uh, regarding the Nuggets because that is what we're going to be talking about. Dra- the draft is coming up this Thursday. Uh, the Nuggets have now two first-round picks, and that makes it mighty, mighty interesting uh, for what they will do. Uh, if you are interested in any of the prospects we talked about today, uh, m- most of them will have player previews up on Denver Stiffs, either written by me or uh, I know Peter Leansvart, uh and... Uh, Reed Howard and uh, Brandon uh, Ewing, uh, Skip, new site manager for the Stiffs. Uh, I know all three of them have written great uh, player profiles as well. But let's dig into uh, these questions. The first one up is uh, from a friend of mine, Zay. Uh, he asks, prospects that would benefit uh, developmentally by playing with Jokic uh, specifically. And I think that a lot of prospects would uh, benefit playing next to Jokic, uh, maybe not so much like shot creators and guys who are going to need to be like creating their own shot to really reach their potential. But even with Bones, uh, you saw them play off of each other a little bit uh, as the season went on. 
I think Jokic is someone who helps uh, players along in their development, uh, not like as a as a focus of you know that's not like a focus of uh, the development, but I think learning how to play next to a player like Jokic who is you know a superstar everything in Denver runs through him offensively anything that you're doing you're mainly doing to uh, uh, score off of Jokic you're mainly doing it to you know get better looks uh, generated by Yoke and I think guys who that would benefit are you know off-ball scorers mainly uh, like a Marshawn Beauchamp who's main scoring output at G League Ignite was off-ball scoring, whether it be his cutting, his lobs, his, uh, you know, off-ball relocation. He did a lot of that stuff at Ignite and uh, would be able to continue to do that next to Jokic and occasionally learn, you know, how to get off of a DHO, how to run pick and roll, you know, all that kind of stuff he would eventually learn playing next to a Jokic, and I think you could say that about a lot of players in this class. I think most of the players who you look at as Nuggets picks, uh, Wendell Moore, mainly an off-ball scorer, but also had some pick-and-roll stuff at Duke. He was their primary ball handler for uh, certain reps and for certain periods of the season, and he could learn how to play like that off of Jokic. He can learn how to play like that... um, and then, you know, when he plays with the bench or, you know, things like that, he can learn to free up his game a little bit more. But uh, playing next to Jokic a lot of the time is how do you play off of somebody? And I think a lot of guys can learn uh, to do that more with Jokic. And I think with uh, defensively, I think Jokic is a really good defensive communicator and he can help guys uh, come out of their defensive shell a bit maybe and you know how to be in the right place at the right time more and be more defensively disciplined even if Jokic himself is not the best defensive player due to his like physical limitations uh, he knows what he's supposed to be doing on defense and he communicates that a lot of the time so if someone is a little you know like Bowling and trying to shop on defense sometimes, like Atari Eason. Uh, I think he, next to Jokic, Jokic telling him, hey man, switch here, uh, do this here, hedge here, ice the ball handler here. That could really help his development. Um, yeah, those are just a few names, but I think Jokic in general is a very good player to play next to uh, d- developmentally. Uh, any thoughts on that, Gage? Uh, no, just one name uh, that I, I mean, you mentioned a lot of good ones there. I think one that a lot of people obviously love, and I know we mentioned very briefly kind of at the end of last week's podcast, David Roddy, I think would be just a good player. Shot 43% from three-point range, 57% from the floor. So he's a good he's a good shooter, decent rebounder. Obviously, everybody I know that everybody around the Denver and Colorado area loves him because he's, he went to Colorado State. So so they might be interested in him for that reason. I don't know if there's too much development left there that he could learn from Jokic. I mean, obviously there's just going to be some things that he picks up because when you're playing around somebody that, that that's that cerebral and that good of a player, you're going to, you're going to learn and develop near them. But just, I think that Roddy in terms of just pure fit, I think would be a, a decent fit alongside of him, even though 
but then again, that's more just due to the fact that guys are generally going to be good fits alongside Jokic. As long as you can figure out how to function off the ball, you're going to fit well alongside him because that's just the type of player that Jokic makes you do. Kind of like how guys fit alongside LeBron, where it was just, hey, can you function off the ball? Cool. You're going to do well on this team. If you can function well off the ball, you're going to do well in Denver. That's kind of more or less how I see that. But you mentioned a lot of uh, a lot of strong strong points and strong players that I would have brought up, specifically Wendell Moore from Duke, who I was raving about last week when we were talking about him. And if you hadn't brought him up, I was going to bring him up. But uh, I got nobody else specifically that's coming to mind. Cool. Uh, so the next question is uh, from CJ. He asks, uh, tell me about Dalen Terry and his potential fit on the Nuggets. Now, last week uh, when we recorded, I had watched Arizona, uh, but I had never like specifically watched Dalen Terry because when I'm watching Arizona most of the season, I was watching Benedict Matherin. I was watching uh, Christian Coloco because I had assumed Dalen Terry would be returning to school and would be in the 23 draft class. Um, but when I went back to watch the film for uh, a prospect profile on Stiff's forum, I started really really liking his fit with the nuggets he is a a six seven point guard basically who made uh, all pack 12 the defensive team and he has a seven foot and uh, three quarter inch wingspan he's a little wiry but his frame looks like he can put on you know some muscle and he's someone who has really risen uh, since the combine in for boards and for good reason he's only 19 he's going to be uh, 20 uh, at the start of his rookie season but he's like young-ish for a prospect uh, his defense was you know impressive he has lateral quickness hip, good hip flexibility it, it allows him to keep up with quicker guards uh, one through three is probably where he'd be guarding initially uh, Fours are a little much for him right now, um, but if he's able to put on more muscle, he can probably hold his own there. He had a steal rate of 2.5% and averaged 1.2 steals a game. So he has like really good hands, really good passing instincts. He likes going uh, for pick sixes. He likes turning defense in the offense. He knows how to do that without over gambling too. His uh, defensive discipline is pretty good. And... Uh, in isolation, he held opponents to shoot just 36.4% when guarded by him in isolation. And on the uh, entire season, it was opponents shot only 31.5% uh, when guarded by Dalen Terry. And you can really see that on tape. He is good at the point of attack. And he is someone who the Nuggets could use on that end for sure. Uh, he runs the four really well in transition he is a very good transition passer he when he doesn't have the ball in his hands on in transition he runs the floor really well gets down and can throw down you know dunks he's pretty athletic and is a really good finisher he shot very well at the rim uh, at Arizona this last season and then passing is really good for him and then his off-ball cutting as well is really good. Uh, shot creation is not something that he's uh, good at. It, that is definitely an improvement area for him. Um, that's the biggest hole in his game right now is creating for himself. But uh, with his passing, his off-ball cutting, uh, he fits in very well uh, into the Nuggets' offensive system. And 
he shot 36.4% from three last season. His shot doesn't look great, um, and it's probably not as good as the percentages would indicate, but he is not a non-shooter and can shoot uh, a cer- to a certain degree. And I think with the Nuggets developmental staff, they can bring him along and turn him into a, a league average shooter. Um, so with you know his awful cutting and his relocation, his passing, he fits in pretty well for the Nuggets offensively. And then defensively, he fits uh, the niche that they need, which is a good athletic uh, point of attack defender with length. And he has all of that. So I think he would fit very well for the Nuggets. I think he's someone you more look at at 30 rather than 21. Um, but even at 21, I wouldn't be uh, super opposed to the pick. I think there are better picks to make at 21. Um, but I think if at pick 30, you're getting a two-way connector who has good upside uh, defensively and knows how to play his role offensively, you're coming away with a good pick. Uh, any thoughts on Dale and Terry, Gage? Uh, just for, like, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, just from a, from a specific fit perspective alongside, like if I, if I'm looking at a guy in the first round, I'm, I always try to envision them with the starting, with the starting four. And I say that as Murray, Jokic, Gordon, MPJ. And I, obviously I understand Barton's still on the roster as of this recording and project and he's under contract for next season so it's not like he's gone at this time but if i'm if i barton is the piece that i find as the removable one of that four or of that five and so who can fit into his spot and i think that terry is a guy that can fit extremely well there um we're we've already gone over the fact that he's not great at creating his own shot at this time that's something he's gonna have to work on so he needs to be able to fit in alongside four other guys three of which are high volume shooters porter Jokic. Murray Porter or yeah Porter Jokic and Murray are all going to average at least twelve. I think Porter will come in the lowest. It probably I think he'll be twelve between twelve and fourteen shots a game next year. Jokic will be somewhere between fifteen to twenty, and I expect Murray to fall in the same spot. They're going to all take a lot of shots, and you got to be able to get by by not being the guy that needs a lot of shots. And that's what Terry can do. He can come in, he can slide into that two guard spot with a seven. He's got a wingspan. that's almost seven, one, seven foot and uh, three quarters. That's incredible length. He's six, 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 seven and a quarter in shoes. He's got, like you said, great athleticism, great length, 195 pounds. So he's got good size. He can match up with guys probably one through three. I have a lot of confidence in his ability to fit on this roster because he's that glue guy piece. I mean, you he's your guy that can slot into your two spot and say, hey, you're going to probably score 10 points just a few times a year, and it's going to be off of cutting and hustle plays and athleticism. It's not necessarily going to be – you're not going to be the guy that shoots a ton every night. So I like the fit. I also He's also won't turn 20 until uh, – like he'll turn 20 in July. So he's got – he's decent age. He – does a lot of the stuff you need the other guy, your glue guy on your team to do. And so I'm a big fan of his. Um, I'm going to probably look into his game a little bit even more here with the draft coming up because he's a guy that I think Denver should be having their eyes on. Yeah, I agree with all those points. I think he is someone that the Nuggets should definitely target. Uh, 
now moving on to the uh, next question. Uh, my buddy Chip asks, who is the prospect you've come around on the most this cycle? Someone you weren't as high on to start, but you like a lot more now. Uh, I'll specifically be keeping this to um, guys that the Nuggets would probably target. And I think the guy I've come around most on uh, is Wendell Moore. He initially was just starting on like an absolute heater. And knowing his uh, past few college seasons, I thought it was just a, a bubble uh, of like production. But uh, as the season went on, he maintained good consistency. Uh, he maintained good production. And I think that those were just, you know, that really showed me he had improved as a player and it wasn't just, you know, a, a phase of playing better. Uh, and then also Jalen Williams is a name I'll mention from, from Santa Clara, not the Arkansas one. Um, he was just someone who I'd heard of and I watched a couple of games of, but wasn't doing a, a super deep dive or anything on him. But after the combine and his uh, scrimmage showing, I I went deeper into the tape and I ended up really, really liking what I had seen. Uh, he ended up at, at 15 on my final board. And uh, I think with his uh, like three level scoring, his ability to get to the rim. And I know defensively he's not like the best, but I think he has decent upside there. Uh, with all of that, I, I think he's someone who will really prove uh, to be good in the NBA in the long term. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you'd have an answer for this question, Gage, because you don't really do draft stuff. But if you I do, don't, um, I'm not I'm not even yeah. going to attempt to come up with one or lie with one there. I don't have a guy that has risen to me. I can read about guys and. Like I said, I'm going to do some more of my own individual research this week uh, with the draft coming up. Um, but at this exact moment, I don't have anybody. I will say one quick thing on Wendell Moore. Are you at all concerned about the Justice Winslow factor of Wendell Moore? And when I say that, I mean, you have a guy who went to Duke. He's a junior, but he's not even 21 years old yet. And he can kind of do a little bit of everything. He can kind of pass the ball. He can kind of rebound the ball. He's not a great scorer, but he's a D, but he can score a little bit. He can play decent defense. He seemingly is the the prospect that can do everything, which is what Justice Winslow was. And then Winslow has never come close to scratching like the ceiling that everyone thought he had. Plus he went to Duke. So like, that's even another comparable. Yeah. I think, uh, Justice Winslow was serviceable when he was playing point guard in Miami, and I think like he was hyped up as someone with with a ceiling. But I don't think you're picking Wendell Moore for his upside. I think you're picking Wendell Moore for what he is now, and like he does have more to his like he can grow as a player, obviously. But I don't think you're picking him because you think he'll be a future All Star. Once you get outside of the lottery, I think, or even the top 10, you're picking for who you think will be, like, a good starter, a, a good plug-and-play role player, you know? Like, things like that. And I think with Wendell Moore, you can ask him to do a lot of different roles, and I think he will be good at a lot of different things. And while he might not be an all-star, you know, or, like, a, a sexy player, like, he will be someone who you can 
rely upon, I think, uh, for like a solid, just solid production. Good two-way player, uh, efficient, you know, knows his role. I think he can fill all of that. Um, and I, I think you're not, he's not an upside pick. I think he's, you know, you need a contributor now and also someone who can be a good contributor for uh, the four years rookie scale contract. And I think he fills that niche. Yep. That's about where I have it. I mean, I love him for the floor that he brings. I mean, if I was a team that was looking to develop and like draft a player that can be a star in a couple of years, he's not going to be at the top of my board, but for a team like Denver and for the position that he plays, that's why I'm such a big fan of him just because I think that he fits this roster so well like i think he can legitimately come in and contribute from day one so that was but i just wanted to kind of get your opinion on that before we moved on yeah and uh that was all of the questions under the tweet but i did get a few dms so we'll get to those um the first one is how would you want denver to approach the draft and i think this is a a very broad question and can be taken a lot of different ways whether it be who do you want them to pick or would you want them to trade out? Um, I think with the Nuggets, Calvin Booth has reportedly uh, wanting to be more aggressive. And I think being able to trade Jermichael Green for a second and first round pick gives him more flexibility to, flexibility to do that. Whether that be you know trading up for someone that the Nuggets really like, like a Atari Eason or a Johnny Davis or a AJ Griffin, or that be trading one of them for a veteran or both of them for a veteran and a bigger splash, or you know um, picking two players like if they got uh, Marjan Bochamp and Wendell Moore or Jalen Williams and Dalen Terry, you know, it, there's a lot of things that you can do now that you have multiple picks as opposed to 21 where you would have had to go oh, we'll give you 21 and these two players and we can move up seven spots. You can be like, hey, look, we can give you 21, we can give you 30, let us move up to you know 15 or 14 or whatever. Um, I personally would either like to see them move up to get a guy who can contribute right away, like a Malachi Branham or you know, uh, Atari, uh, Atari Eason or an A.J. Griffin, just someone who can contribute now and slot in in the starting lineup long term. I would want them to either trade up for a player like that, or I would like to see them trade one of those picks for a veteran who could contribute right now, um, but also keep one of them and pick a guy who can be a good contributor on a rookie scale for a long time like a Christian Brown, uh, someone who can play defense, can shoot, maybe not the highest upside, which is why they fell so far, but someone who has skills and can play well. Uh, I would rather, I would like to see one of those two outcomes. If they stay at both those picks and pick, I'll be sort of disappointed because if they're going to just pick, I'd rather them trade up. And um, if they don't want to pick at both. I would rather see them trade one for, you know, someone who like a Josh Hart or a KCP, like we've talked about on, on the pod a few episodes ago. Um, how would you like to see Denver approach this pick gauge? I would just want to see 
aggressiveness. Um, I think that Denver is in a title window. Um, I kind of was, when I was putting together, for those that don't follow me and don't pay attention to my work over at Denver Stiffs, I do a weekly column called Film Friday. I've done it pretty much every single Friday for the last uh, couple of years. Um, it's one of the fa- one of my favorite things that I've ever gotten the chance to write. And I was kind of looking at, like, this team is firmly in their window. Uh, all four of their star players that I've mentioned earlier in this episode are going to be 27 or younger by the time season starts. Jokic is your oldest one, and he is not showing any signs of slowing down. Their window is firmly locked open. There. Meanwhile, you have like the Warriors and their core three are all 32 or older. Steph is 34. I understand that Steph doesn't look like he's slowing down at all, but he is a smaller point guard. He dealt with injuries a couple times this year. He dealt with an injury in the finals that clearly slowed him down for uh, game four. I believe it was either, either game four or game five, and he just got lucky that his team happened to carry uh, helped carry him when he struggled. But Denver is ready to compete now and i think that it's the time that they like you said they need to be aggressive they need to go they need to go hunt for their guy um and if that means you need to trade multiple picks to do it so be it i would rather see denver aggressive and hunting to get their guy than sitting on their hands um they have an owner who in other sports is known for being aggressive and it led to a championship for the rams be aggressive and go hunt for your guy. If that means that you trade 21 and 30 to trade up and get a guy that you know is going to be your guy, then so be it. I would rather see that than see them pick that 21 and 30 and pick a guy that's not going to play this year and, or he'll stay overseas or whatever. So if I see Denver go out and be aggressive in this draft, that's what I ultimately want to see at the end of the day. Yeah, I completely agree. I just want to see a general uh, drive to win and whatever moves that comes or, you know, whatever outcomes that means, I'll be happy if they just try and show that they want to win. The next question was, do you expect rookies to get any kind of playoff playing time? Uh, And my answer is, yeah, if they're good enough. Uh, Bones Highland got uh, playoff minutes and, he is not the typical Malone sort of rookie. And if, you know, I think he can fill in and get playoff minutes. If rookies can prove themselves, I think they can get minutes. Yeah, that I completely agree. There's a, like you said, he wasn't the typical Malone rookie and he got minutes. Granted, I'm sure some of that's probably just the fact that Murray was injured, but I think even if Murray was healthy, uh, there would have been minutes out there for Bones to take. I'm I'm going to talk him up again, and you guys are going to be sick of me by the and you're going to be can't wait for the draft to be over, and you're just hoping Denver doesn't pick him at this point. But Wendell Moore, I think that Wendell Moore, assuming he comes in and plays at the level that I think he can, and I'm pretty sure Asher thinks he can, he could be playing regular rotation minutes in a playoff series. He could be your your Grant Williams, your your uh, Gary Payton Jr. He could be your first guy off the bench for this Denver team because he, that's the role that he plays and he he's pro he's pro ready at like he's a junior so he's been around for a few years uh, I'm always a big fan of seeing um, older prospects especially when you get lucky and you get a guy that's an older prospect 
but he's also young in overall age. He's got plenty of experience. He's got good size on him. So his body's NBA ready. Um, if he can come in, it, like if you can get a guy like that, like Asher mentioned, a guy that is ready to contribute from day one or can, can be a consistent contributor by the end of their rookie season, then yeah, you're going to get playoff minutes. I mean, you're not going to put a guy out there that you don't have any confidence in. Like if you pick a guy in the second round with the 60th overall pick and he's not ready to contribute for you, then no, he's not going to get out there. But if he comes in and you're like, yeah, this guy is a player, he's going to get minutes. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the final question we'll do today was um, what player or prospect uh, do you – are you generally lower on than consensus, uh, specifically with regards to uh, Nuggets' potential picks? And I think the uh, easy answers are uh, Nikola Jovic and David Roddy. Uh, they are both offensive first players. Uh, Jovic uh, does not play defense basically at all. Uh, he will probably be a defensive liability when he first comes into the league. His uh, Hip flexibility is really stiff. He doesn't close out well. He gets blown by very easily. You know, he's just not a good defender. He brings a lot to the offensive side of the table. I like him as a prospect overall. It's just uh, he doesn't fit what the Nuggets need, and it's a lot of the same with Roddy. Uh, Roddy is someone who uh, good offensive fit, uh, good offensive player. Defensively, though, he was not that great at Colorado State. I think he has a, a better chance of being a good defender than Jovic, but also I think picking him at 21 or even 30 is a reach. Um, I Another player who I'll mention is Kendall Brown. Uh, he's billed as a very good defender, and he got backdoored like every other possession at Baylor. He really struggled with off-ball defense. On-ball defense, he had pretty good flashes, uh, but also he really shoot that well on the offensive side of things he had good passing flashes uh really good off ball cutter um good dunker but also you basically have a better version of kendall brown and aaron gordon uh your hope for kendall brown is that he becomes aaron gordon uh, and you already have aaron gordon so i'd rather target you know a wing uh, a guard a uh, bigger guard not point guard not like a tight tight washington but um, yeah, I think, uh, those three are players that Nuggets fans bring up a lot, uh, whether it be due to, uh, the name, the place they've played, or, uh, just a general misbilling of them. Uh, those are all prospects. I would personally not be super happy to see the Nuggets stick. Uh, you got any gauge? Uh, my, I mean, first one was definitely going to be, uh, Jovich. Um, I, for I mean, for many reasons, I just I don't I don't think he makes any sense on this roster because I think you're just drafting Michael Porter Jr. and I think that Porter Jr. is still the much better player, and I don't think that Jovic has the ceiling that uh, Porter does. I mean, Jovic is a better passer, but that's that's about it. Um, I think that Porter's better in most offensive areas, and Jovic just doesn't bring much on the defensive end at this stage, and I don't see that changing a ton. Um, there's there's not a ton of guys that. I really am super like down on compared to a lot of people. I don't love EJ Liddell. Um, and I don't know if that's anything specific. 
I don't like I can't put it on anything specific other than just there's there's times that I would watch him play at Ohio State. Like he was he was great. He had a 34 point game against Northwestern. Shot 12 of 20 from the floor, five seven on threes. He played. I he had double digit points in every single game that he played last year. But I just I don't know what it is. I think that he's just I think he's just a name that because he's a popular name, I'm not as high on. Uh, I can't put anything too much. I can't put anything specific to it. So nobody take this as like, take everything with a grain of salt here. I haven't done as much research as Asher has. So if he's got guys that he's down on, focus more on the guys that he says than the guys that I'm saying. Cool. Uh, With that, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We will be back after the draft, reacting to whatever goes down on draft night. Um. But with all that being said, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Remember to download, rate, all the stuff that you can do on your platform. Uh, As always, you can find Gage at Drew Bridgeford NFL on Twitter. Uh, You can find me at NBA on Twitter. Uh, Remember to follow us for future mailbags um, and just general work, you know, because both of us are very, very good basketball writers. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.